Welcome to Quest, where we are exploring God's story together. It is our dream that God will put a Bible in every hand and God's story in every heart. And we're so glad that you're a part of our podcast, where we're reading through the whole story of God. We hope you enjoy today's reading. Today, we're going to read from Psalm 16, one of my mentor's greatest and favorite of prayers. And then we're going to enter into a section of the Bible that is complicated and difficult and messy. It's that time of wilderness, of anger and rebellion and getting ready to inhabit the promised land. Psalm 16, keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, and apart from you I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are noble ones and in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord, and with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence and with your eternal pleasures at your right hand. Numbers chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. And so at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran, and all of them were leaders of the Israelites, and these are their names. From the tribe of Reuben, Shamua, son of Zakur, and from the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, son of Hori, and from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and from the tribe of Issachar, Egal, son of Joseph, and from the tribe of Ephraim, Hosea, son of Nun, from the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, son of Raphu, from the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, son of Uxodi, and from the tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Joseph, Gadi, son of Susi, from the tribe of Dan, Amiel, son of Gamali, and from the tribe of Asher, Sether, son of Michael, and from the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, son of Vosi. And from the tribe of Gad, Guel, son of Maki, these are the names of the men that Moses sent to explore the land. And Moses gave Hosea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and into the hill country and see what the land is like, and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good? Is it bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they walled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. And so they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob toward Lebo Nahamath. And they went up through the Negev and came to Hebron 
where Ahiman, Sashasi, and Talmai, descendants of Anak, lived. Hebron had been built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And when they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs, and the place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes that the Israelites had cut off there. And at the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran, and they reported to them in the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. And they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. And then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. And that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes, and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into a land a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. And then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting of all the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, Lord, are with these people, and that you, Lord, have seen face to face that your cloud stays over them, and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day, in a pillar of fire by night. And if you put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard this report about you will say, 
the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land he promised them. An oath. And so he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Now may the Lord's strength be displayed, just as you have declared. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving sin and rebellion. And yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sins of the parents to the third and the fourth generation. In accordance with your great love, forgive the sin of these people, just as you have pardoned them from the time they left Egypt until now. And the Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you have asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me these ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on an oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. And since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the valleys, turn back tomorrow and set out towards the desert along the route to the Red Sea. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will these wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites, and so tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census, who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. As for your children that you have said you have taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land that you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness, until the last of your bodies lies in the wilderness for 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days, you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community which has banded together against me. They will meet their end in this wilderness. And here, they will die. So the men that Moses had sent to explore the land, who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it, these men who were responsible for spreading the bad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. And of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephun had survived. And when Moses reported this to all the Israelites, they mourned bitterly. Early the next morning, they set out for the highest point in the hill country, saying, Now we are ready to go up to the land the Lord promised. Surely we have sinned. But Moses said, Why are you disobeying the Lord's command? This will not succeed. Do not go up, because the Lord is not with you. You will be defeated by your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites will face you there. Because you have turned away from the Lord, he will not be with you, and you will fall by the sword. Nevertheless, in their presumption, they went up towards the highest point in the hill country, and though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant moved from the camp, 
the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and attacked them and beat them down all the way to Hormah. Numbers chapter 20. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. And there Miriam, Moses' wife, died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we have died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's assembly into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there's no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. It will bring water out of the rock for this community, so they and their livestock can drink. And so Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he had commanded him. And he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock that Moses and said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? And then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff, and water gushed out in the community, and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough, to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. You will not bring this community into the land that I give them. These were the waters of Meribah, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and where he was proved holy among them. Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom, saying, This is what your brother Israel says. You know all about the hardships that have come on us. Our ancestors went down into Egypt, and we lived there for many years. The Egyptians mistreated us and our ancestors, but when we cried out to the Lord, he heard our cry and sent an angel and brought us out of Egypt. Now here we are in Kadesh a town on the edge of your territory. Please let us pass through your country. We will not go through any field or vineyard or drink water from any well. We will travel along the king's highway and not turn to the right or the left until we have passed through your country. But Edom answered, you may not pass through here. And if you try, we will march out and attack you with the sword. And the Israelites replied, we will go along the main road. And if we or our livestock drink any of your water, we'll pay for it. We only want to pass through on foot, nothing else. And again, they answered, you may not pass through. And Edom came out against them and with a large and powerful army. And since Edom refused to let them go down through the territory, Israel turned away from them. The whole Israelite community set out at Kadesh and came to Mount Hor. At Mount Hor, near the border of Edom, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Aaron will be gathered to his people. He will not enter the land that I give the Israelites, because both of you rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribah. And get Aaron and his son Eleazar, and take them up to Mount Hor, and remove Aaron's garments, and put them on his son Eleazar, for Aaron will be gathered to his people there, and he will die there. And Moses did as the Lord commanded, and they went up to Mount Hor in the sight of the whole community. And Moses removed Aaron's garments and put them on his son. And Aaron died there on top of the mountain. And Moses and Aaron's son Eleazar came down from the mountain 
And when the whole community learned that Aaron had died, all the Israelites mourned for him for 30 days. Numbers chapter 21. When the Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Gebeth, heard that Israel was coming along the road of Atharim, he attacked the Israelites and captured some of them. In Israel, I made this vow to the Lord. If you will deliver these people into our hands, we will totally destroy their cities. And the Lord listened to Israel's plea and gave the Canaanites over to them, and they completely destroyed their and their towns, and the place was called Hormah. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom, but the people grew impatient on the way, and they spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. And then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, and they bit the people, and many of the Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. And so Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole, and anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. And so Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole, and when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. The Israelites moved on and camped at Oboth, and they set out from Oboth and camped at Ai Abarim, in the wilderness that faces Moab towards the sunrise. And from there they moved on and camped at the Zered Valley, and they set out there and camped along Armon, which is in the wilderness and extending into Amorite territory. Arnon is the border of Moab, between Moab and the Amorites, and this is why the book of wars of the Lord says, Zahab and Sufa, and in the ravines of Arnon, and in the slopes of the ravines that lead to the settlement of Ar, and lie along the border of Moab. And from there they continued to Beer, and the well where the Lord said to Moses, Gather the people together, I will give them water. And Israel sang this song, Spring up a well, sing about it, and about the well and the princes dug, and the nobles and the people sank, and the nobles and the scepters and their staffs. They went from the wilderness to Matanah and from Matanah to Nahaliel, and from Nahaliel to Bamoth, and from Bamoth to the valley of Moab, where the top of Pisgah overlooks the wasteland. And Israel sent messengers to say to Sihon, king of the Amorites, let us pass through your country. We will not turn aside into any field or vineyard or drink any water from any well. We will travel along the king's highway until we have passed through your territory. But Sihon would not let Israel pass through his territory, and he mustered his entire army and marched out into the wilderness against Israel. And when he reached Jahaz, he fought with Israel. Israel, however, put him to the sword and took over his land from the Arnon to the Jabbok, but only as far as the Amorites, because their border was fortified. Israel captured all the cities of the Amorites and occupied them, including Heshbon and all of its surrounding settlements. And Heshbon was the city of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab and had taken from him all of his land as far as the Arnon. And this is why the poets say, Come to Heshbon and let it be rebuilt. Let Sihon's city be restored. Fire went out from Heshbon, a blaze from the city of Sihon, and it consumed Ar of Moab and the citizens of Arnon's heights. Woe to you, Moab. You are destroyed, people of Chemosh. He has given up his sons as fugitives and his daughters as captives to Sihon, king of the Amorites, but we have overthrown them. Heshbon's dominion has been destroyed all the way to Dibon. 
and we have demolished them as far as Nophah, which extends to Medaba. And so Israel settled into the land of the Amorites. After Moaz had sent spies to Jazer, the Israelites captured its surrounding settlements and drove out the Amorites who were there. And then they turned and went up along the road towards Bashan. And Og, king of Bashan, and his whole army marched out to meet them at the battle of Adreah. And the Lord said to Moses, Do not be afraid of him, for I have delivered him into your hands, along with his whole army and his land. Do to him what you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon. And so they struck him down, together with his sons and the whole army, leaving them no survivors. And they took possession of his land. Chapter 22. Then the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and camped along the Jordan, across from Jericho. Now Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that the Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was terrified because there were so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, this horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of a field. And so Balak, the son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at the time, sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Beor, who was at Pethor near the Euphrates River in his native land. And Balak said, A people has come out of Egypt, and they cover the face of the land, and have settled next to me. Now come, put a curse on these people. They are too powerful for me. Perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that whoever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is cursed. The elders of Moab and Midian left, taking with them a fee for his divinization. And when they came to Balaam, They told him what Balak had said. Spend the night there, Balaam said to them, and I will report back to you with the answer the Lord gives. And so the Moabite officials stayed with him. God came to Balaam and asked, Who are these men with you? And Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent thee this message. A people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, Do not go with them. You must not put a curse on these people, because they are blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and said to Balak's officials, Go back to your own country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. And so the Moabite officials returned to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak sent other officials, more numerous, more distinguished than the first, and they came to Balaam and said, This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Do not let anything keep you from coming to me, because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. But Balaam answered them, Even if Balak gave me all the silver and gold in his palace, I could do no thing, great or small, to go beyond the command of the Lord my God. Now spend the night here so I can find out what else the Lord will tell me. And that night God came to Balaam and said, Since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but only do what I tell them. Balaam got up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. But the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, and it turned off the road and into a field, and Balaam beat the donkey to get it back on the road. The angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyard with the walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's food against it. And so he beat the donkey again. 
And the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room for him to turn, either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with his staff. And the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? And Balaam answered the donkey, You have made me a fool. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. And so he bowed low and fell face down. And the angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you, because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times, and if it had not turned away, I would have certainly killed you by now. But I would have spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. And now if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with these men, but speak only what I tell you. And so Balaam went with Balak's officials. When Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him in the Moabite town on the Arnon border at the edge of the territory. And Balak said to Balaam, Did I not send you an urgent summons? Why didn't you come to me? Am I really not a reward to you? Well, I have come to you now, Balaam replied. But I can't say whatever I please. I must only speak what God puts in my mouth. Then Balaam went to Balak and to Kiriath-Uzoth. And Balak sacrificed cattle and sheep and gave some to Balaam and the officials who were with him. And the next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth baal And from there, he could see the outskirts of the Israelite camp. Chapter 23. Balaam said, Build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did, as Balaam said, and the two of them offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And then Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offering while I go aside. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet with me, and whatever he reveals to me, I will tell you. Then he went off to a barren height. God met with him, and Balaam said, I have prepared seven altars, and on each altar I have offered a bull and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him this word. And so he went back to him and found him standing beside his offering with all the Moabite officials. And then Balaam spoke his message. Balak brought me from Aram, the king of Moab from the eastern mountains. Come, he said, curse Jacob from me. Come, denounce Israel. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? From the rocky peaks I see them, from the heights I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and may my final end be theirs. Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but you have done nothing but bless them. And he answered, Must I not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? And then Balak said to him, Come with me to another place where you can see them. You will not see them all, but only the outskirts of their camp. And from there, curse them for me. And so he took them to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah. And there he built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And Balak said to Balaam, 
Stay here beside your offering while I meet with him over there. And the Lord met with Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, go back to Balak and give him this word. And so we went to him and found him standing beside his offering and with the Moabite officials. And Balak asked him, what did the Lord say? Then he spoke this message. Arise, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and then not fulfill? I have received a command to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot change it. No misfortune is seen in Jacob, no misery observed in Israel. The Lord their God is with them. The shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He will have them save. They will have the strength of a wild ox. There is no divinization against Dave Jacob, no evil omens against Israel. It will now be said of Jacob and of Israel, see what God has done. The people rise like a lioness. They rouse themselves like a lion that does not rest until it devours its prey and drinks the blood of its victims. Then Balak said to Balaam, neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. Balaam answered, did I not tell you I must do whatever the Lord says? Then Balak said to Balaam, come, let me take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them for me there. And Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor and overlooked the wasteland. Balaam said, build me seven altars here, prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. And Balak did as Balaam had said and offered a bull and a ram for each altar. Chapter 24. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not resort to demonization as at other times. But he turned his face towards the wilderness. When Balaam looked out and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came on him and he spoke this message. The prophecy of Balaam, son of Beor, the prophecy of one whose eye sees clearly, the prophecy of one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision of the Almighty, who falls prostrate, and whose eyes are opened. How beautiful are your tents, Jacob, your dwelling places, Israel. Like valleys they spread out, like gardens beside a river, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. Water will flow from their buckets. Their seed will have abundant water. Their king will be greater than Agog. Their kingdoms will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt, and they will have strength of a wild ox. They devour hostile nations, break their bones into pieces. With their arrows, they pierce them. Like a lion, they crouch and lie down, like a lioness who dares to rouse them. May those who bless you be blessed, and those who curse you be cursed. Then Balak's anger burned against Balaam. He struck his hands together and said to him, I summoned you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Now leave at once and go home. I said I would reward you handsomely, but the Lord has kept you from being rewarded. Balaam answered Balak, did I not tell the messengers you sent me? Even if Balak gave me all the silver and gold in his palace, I could do nothing of my own accord, good or bad to go beyond the command of the Lord. I must say only what the Lord says. Now I'm going back to my people, but come, let me warn you of what this people will do to your people in the days to come. And he spoke this message. The prophecy of Balaam, son of Beor, the prophecy of one who sees clearly, the prophecy of one who hears the words of God and who has knowledge of the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are opened. I see him but not now. I behold him, but not near. 
A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of the Moab, the skulls of all the people of Shaith. Edom will be conquered. Seir, his enemy, will be conquered. But Israel will grow strong. A ruler will come out of Jacob and destroy the survivors of the city. And then Balaam saw Amalek and spoke his message. Amalek was first among the nations, but their end will be utter destruction. And then he saw the Kenites and spoke his message. Your dwelling place is secure. Your nest is set upon a rock. And yet you Kenites will be destroyed when Asher takes you as captive. And then he spoke this message. Alas, who can live when God does this? Ships come from shores of Cyprus. They will subdue Asher and Eber, but they too will come to ruin. And Balaam got up returned home, and Balak went his own way. Thank you so much for joining us today on our quest, and we hope that week in and week out, you're getting to experience and explore and discover God's incredible desire and search for you. If you have any further questions or want more information, go to peachtreechurch.com slash quest, and we would love to hear from you and hope that you are experiencing the wonder and the majesty of God as you listen to his word. And if you stay with us on the whole journey, I know you'll have this bigger perspective of life, of reality, and of your role in it. We're so glad that you're joining us, and we wish you God's very best.